gentlemen, and welcome to the That's What She Said podcast. My name is Alexa Dat. I will be your host. We have producer Kyle here, and we are also joined by our very special guest, the 2014 World Series champion, Michael Morse. Yeah. Hi, Michael Morse. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. What was that intro? Was that good enough? Perfect. Okay, great. You nailed it. You have played baseball on several, several different teams. What's the journey been like for you through you know, all of these different teams and basically changing, you know, zip codes and teammates and managers. What's this been like? It's a ride. It's a ride. It's a journey. Just like you said, you start out thinking that, you know what, I'm going to be with one team my whole career. And I think we've all been that way, but it's baseball. Things happen. Things happen for the best. And what I like to tell younger guys is that if you're going to get traded or if something happens, and you get traded to another team, that team wants you. That team likes you. They like you more than the other team, obviously. So, you know, to me, it's always a good thing. Um, you know, I've met so many players because of it. I've, I've played on some great teams, like, you know, like the Giants, the Nationals. And I've, I've had so much experience. So it's so cool to me, and I wouldn't change a thing. Was there one team that you felt wanted you more than any of the others in the situations that you were in? Uh, I would say the Giants. Mm-hmm. I would say the Giants. Um, after 14, I signed with the Marlins in, in, in 15, and halfway through the season, I got traded to the Dodgers, and it was only because they blocked me from going to the Giants. Right. So that, to me, was kind of cool, but sad in a way, because I kind of wanted to go back to the Giants. Mm-hmm. But just to know that they actually did a move like that was pretty cool. So you were only with the Giants for one season, but you win a World Series with them. And I have to imagine that that season for you was super special. But at the same time, had you never won a World Series with them, do you think that season would have been just as special? I think so. I think once you're a Giant, you're always a Giant. That's a big thing they do there. They treat their players so good. The, the friends I made from there are a lifetime. And, and, and the memories are going to last a lifetime. And not only just because winning the World Series, but... The season was so great. The fans, they sell out every game. It's its a great atmosphere. And I, if, I like to try to tell everybody that if you ever get to play for the Giants, do it. Who's your favorite teammate from that team that you guys have a really great relationship with? Hunter Pence. I mean, I... I knew that answer before I well, asked you, and it's only because I've seen video of the two of you, and you're yeah. like, your head is on his shoulder, you yeah. guys are kind of punching each other around. It's funny, because I went into the spring training, and I really didn't know him that well. I just knew him playing against him and stuff, but we bonded so quick. And, what did you uh, bond over? I don't know. He's a coffee guy. <laughs> He's a huge coffee guy. Okay. And um, I think I might have asked him a question about coffee, and, and it just went from there. But, uh, like y'all were caffeined up and just yeah, like buzzing and, around. And you know what? We we both hit like mega homers in, in BP. Uh-huh. Like he loves hitting massive homers in BP. If you tell him like, "Hey Hunter, why don't you take a swing at seventy percent?" He's gonna tell you like, you know, go you know pick the grass or something. Like get out of here. Right. He he swings hard as he can. I love it. So we both hit a bunch of bombs in BP. We love that stuff. So I mean, I I guess that could have helped. Mm-hmm. What do you think about his hair? I love it. It's wild. It's out of control, he looks like a Viking. He looks like, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the HBO show, The Viking. Yeah. You know, he's crazy. But if you know Hunter, you would know him. He doesn't care. What's like a weird, quirky thing that he does that people don't know about? Everything? He has a blue shirt. No, he has this, blue, this one blue shirt that he travels with and he wears it every day. It's, Literally every day? I wish, I wish somebody can grab it and just rip it up. It's it's a shirt that if we have to go in suits and we're traveling, uh-huh. oh, he's gonna have the blue shirt on with with his you know regular Wait, jacket. Wait, a, a button down? Yeah, it's a button down, okay. long sleeve. It's a blue shirt. It's got these little white dots on it. It's a shirt that it needs to go. Is but it? <laughs> but that's Hunter though. But that's Hunter. He's not he's but not is he in like it. like Superman where he's got like eight different copies of them and he could just grab them, or it's literally the same shirt. I thought I thought so. Okay. I thought so. I mean, he has the money to be able to have that be the case. But it's not. No? It's the same one. <laughs> it's the same shirt. He wears it all the time. Does he yeah, wash yeah. it? Do we know? Do we yeah, have any idea? I mean, he's not. He's not dirty. Right. <laughs> but he right. just. It, it's the. It's. It's how he is. He's not. Out, he's not out there trying to get GQ'd up. But he will if he needs to. Right. I'm. I'm not gonna knock that from him. He will if he needs to. But he's the kind of guy that. Hey, I, I got three shirts for the road trip. That's it. Okay. But it might be like a 10-day road trip. <laughs> <laughs> so some of those shirts are getting repeated, but they're getting washed. Yeah, right. I mean, he's wearing deodorant. So. That's fine. Right, exactly. Who else uh, 
that pulls like GQ moments or pre-Badonna moments that you can divulge to us? On that team, I would say uh, Madison Bumgarner. Ooh, really? All right, so big cowboy, right? Okay. Huge cowboy. Um, you don't want to mess with him. He's just a really badass guy. Right. Well, Yasuo Pui kind of found that out with the two of them staring each other down. I'm telling you, they're like best friends. They've got everybody. They, 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 the whole act, it's an wow. act. They're best friends. Thanksgiving, they'll be at each other's house. No, they won't. I'm telling you, they're Bumgarner and Puig, like bro, the best holding hands, running down the, skipping down the <laughs> sidewalk. It's, it's great. But anyway, he comes in one day wearing Versace sunglasses. Okay. And I remember Tim, Tim Hudson being like what like what you know and he's kind of coming in he's like yeah you like my glasses you know my wife got them for me and we're like what <laughs> nah bro stop it this is not oh you my stay with the dirty cowboy boots and the ripped cowboy <laughs> pants that's you bro but it was like so out of character yeah it's out of character but you could tell that he is a gq kind of guy he wants to be that way especially the days he pitches don't mess with his hair his hair is perfect. Every little piece of it's perfect. He's got enough hairspray in there to, uh, you know, burn down a building. So watch out. <laughs> Has anyone made the mistake of messing with them? Of course, I've had, I've had, I've had that opportunity mistake. You know, <laughs> what he gets you a little, he gets a little mad, man. He gets a little mad. I told him like he had a little hair out of place, and I try to like move in. He gets a little you upset. Like to starch it, don't you? I mean, you have fun. I dabble. Right. A devil. Right. Uh, Bryce Harper is saying, make baseball great again. It seems like with all of the fun, or make baseball fun again. Is that what he says? What does yeah, he it was say? Make, it was make baseball fun again. seems like you guys had a lot of fun on the job. Yeah, you guys had a, yeah. a blast, right? I mean, so what is he talking about? Especially, is it an East Coast bias that he has that he doesn't feel like you know, the East Coast is? I don't know. Okay. It, it's hard to say because I feel like it's fun if you're doing well. So right. you tell me last year he wasn't having fun? Like, right. come on, the guy, the guy was having an unbelievable season. Sometimes when we're not doing as well, we think it's not fun. But if you look back, 2014 when I was on the Giants, we had a blast. The Royals last year, they had a blast. Um, right. There's there's a lot of good examples. The, the Boston, they're, 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 they, have, they have a great time. The Cubs this year are having a blast. So I think baseball's always been fun. It's just the, the fact or just the way you see it. And, and, and how you're doing at the time. I think a lot of times in baseball, as a player, we dictate our lives on our success. And sometimes if we're not doing well, we, we, we tend to get more depressed and disappointed and everything's going bad, especially right. if the team's not doing good. So I, I think baseball is always fun. I mean, I don't know if, he, if, it's, if it's something that maybe he, – maybe he's trying to vote for Trump. I don't know because, like, make, make, I, I make America so great, make baseball fun. Like, from Trump. I, I, I don't know. Like, who, who knows? You know, right, I, I, right. We got to ask him. Is he a good guy? He's a great guy. Are you guys close? I mean, we're, we're buds. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're buds. Um, we had a great time, especially when he came up with, with the Nationals. He almost had to do, like, a transition into playing – with guys that are as good as him, because his whole life gr growing up, he was the best player. Right. So all of a sudden now he goes into this game where guys are also as good as him. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was a, it was a little uh, eye opening experience for him. And we, I was there, Jason Worth, Zimmerman, we were kind of there to kind of help him, support him, and stuff. So it was pretty cool. Because you've seen those situations, right, where the guy's the best player in high school, and all of a sudden they step in college, and it's like, whoa, dude, everyone else on this team is just as skilled as you are, if not more so, and all of a sudden you're, you know, the least skilled player, not that he is, but if that ends up being the case, and you have to take an emotional hit, kind of, and step back a little bit and assess yourself, because you have to kind of reposition where you are mentally in, in thinking about stepping in the game. Yeah, like, I played with some guys in the minor leagues that unbelievable players yeah unbelievable and i would be in like an a ball and they'd be in double a next year i'd go to double a they're still in double a all of a sudden now i go to triple a they're still in double a. all of a sudden it's like wait a minute this guy peaked but he was so good I, I i played with so many guys that i thought would be superstars in the big leagues but they just kind of panned out at that level mm -hmm. where you got Bryce Harper that's always been good, always been good, and he just keeps getting better and better and better. And all right. of a sudden he gets to the big leagues. Uh, his first year he kind of uh, – it, it was a learning experience, and all of a sudden now he bloomed into this you know, superstar player that we all kind of thought he would be. Mm -hmm. So even if you look at this year he's having – you know, it's not the greatest of years for a player, but since it's Bryce Harper, it's like, oh, my gosh, this guy is uh, having a terrible year. 
you know, pff, yeah. a lot of guys would take his year. Right, of course, of course. Michael Kadire told me something interesting about Troy Tulowitzki. He said that every time that he's finished with an at-bat, he comes back in the clubhouse and rinses his mouth with mouthwash. And he does it like several times nice. throughout the game because he wants a really clean mouth. And I thought that was so interesting. Like, And it's not that he's like a clean freak or a neat freak in other, any other aspect. It was like just literally him using mouthwash. Do you guys use any sort of quirks that you could tell us about? Wow, dude, that is... Um, it's pretty cool, right? That That's... Uh... That's intense. After right? every at bat, he comes in and uses mouthwash. Man, I mean, does he do it if, like, say, he curses or something? He comes back. I gotta wa rinse out my mouth. Right, I'm, like mom know, washing out dirty. The mouth I'm soap. dirty. I'm such a dirty boy. You know, like <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. Uh, you know, I've I've done some kind of kooky stuff, uh, but nothing like that. I, I, you know, a lot of guys will change their shirts, their undershirts, change their socks, but it's more of kind of like a little sweaty. Um, maybe your shirt gets a little wet that oh, from sweat that uh, you know maybe it's gonna uh, affect you running. Maybe it's too heavy. I don't. I don't know. I've seen some weird stuff like that. But right. you know the whole the whole mouthwash thing. That's uh. That's interesting, right? That's, that's interesting. That's, I saw a couple of guys that also used to spray cologne inside their batting helmets. Oh yeah, that's because they got some funky hair. Right. That's because yeah, they need. Makes a lot of sense. That's because they need a shower. But and they just need to wash the batting helmet. No, that's because they need to start using per plus or whatever <laughs> it is in the shower and, sh and and wash their hair. Okay. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not doing what they're he's supposed not, to do in the shower. Doing no. conditioning. I don't get this. We need, oh, we need right, to find out. I got. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Crawford, with the Giants. Okay. Okay. He's got fabulous hair. Right. Fabulous hair. But he doesn't wash his hair all the time. Okay. But if he goes in a slump, say he goes 0 for 4 today and it was a tough 0 for 4, he'll wash his hair that day to start over, you know, boom, boom, get some hits now. Nice and clean. Yeah, clean. Boom, boom, boom. Washing hair. Now we're good to go. So if he goes on a hitting streak. That hair ain't getting washed. Whoa, no. Yeah. How, <laughs> oh, gross. What's the longest you can remember he hasn't washed his hair? Man, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I would say I remember he was super hot one time, and I think I was with uh, – yeah, I'd say like a month. Oh, God. Wow. But, but the thing is, he's a clean – again, he's a clean guy. It ain't like it stinks for some reason. He he puts enough gel in and stuff that it's good. But I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I started doing it that year because he was doing it. No, you didn't. There was something to it. I'm telling you there was something. <laughs> but I would, I would go to sleep, and I, I would feel like my hair is so oily. I would be like, oh, man, this is so bad. Like but, screaming but at you. Crushing the ball right now, so I can't. So you have to stick with it. I mean, you wet it and you try to like. I, you you <laughs> might. I would take a little bit of soap and just like, get the, get the top of it off, like get get the funk off the top. Right. But you ain't deep cleaning it until you go for that over four. I think like two you, days was the longest I went when I I used to have long hair. I think that two days was like the longest I went without washing. Oh man, crazy. you gotta dabble, bro. Yeah. Well, I, I don't no, think please don't. You're again. sitting next to me. No yeah, thanks. I, don't think I'm ever I mean, grow girls don't sh wash their hair every day. I absolutely wash my hair every day. Um, yeah, but you're different. <laughs> <laughs> How is that different? Literally, you just said girls don't wash their hair every day. I well, wash my hair every day. I mean, it's been known. Like, it doesn't. Isn't it like no? Some girls better? no. Not, some girls don't. Yeah, yeah, it's good for your hair to not do it every day. See? There we go. He but I mean, I'm not going a month without washing my hair. That can't be the only only superstition that you've ever had throughout your career. Um, do you well, pick stuff up from other guys when they're superstitious? Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen guys that they put one pant leg out on the same day. They'll they'll come in the locker room at at twelve oh five. They'll put the left leg on, then the right leg, then they'll put like the left sock, then the right, sock, and you can't mess it all up. And this is every day. Yeah, every day. It, baseball, it, it's just you're a creature of habit. Right. And if you mess up that whole routine, who knows what can happen? You know, you might, you might, you know, pull a hamstring. Who knows? Oh you know? my gosh! But um, it's wild that that's how you think, though. But you yeah. have to kind of. Right? I remember, I remember when I was in Seattle, Ichiro used to eat nine chicken wings a day for at lunch, and and they, the chef would make about twelve of them, and then he would pick out the nine out of the, the twelve. They had to be a soup, like a certain golden looking, you know, whatever. But that's what he would eat for lunch every day. And mm. he's unbelievable. He's like a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some days I went in there. I was like, hey, can can you hand me some of those chicken wings? You know, like. <laughs> give me some of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me the ones. Pixie dust. Give me the ones that he threw out. Yeah. And I'll, I'll crush those. And maybe they got some hits on them. Speaking of Ichiro, 
you guys were really close in Seattle, and then you uh, joined back up in Miami. Are you, is there like a, I mean, there's a connection there, obviously, between the two of you. But he also has a translator with him all the time. So my bigger question to you is like, does he speak English? How much English does he speak? You know, is he duping us all? Does he speak better English than probably all of us combined? Ichi is a very smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's a very smart guy to the, to the point where he knows that all of Japan watches him. Mm-hmm. All of Japan, it, it, it's about him. So he's not going to change his, his demeanor to be, you know, talking English and do all this stuff. He still represents that country. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the public, of course, he's going to translate. But don't get him twisted. He understands what you're saying. Right. But when it comes to like talking to a friend, a, a close friend, if it's just me and him, oh, he'll talk English all day. But it's not great, but it's not bad. You can understand him. Oh, 100%. And he is, he, with the news, he is up to date on everything, there and here. Wow. He, he's an unbelievable person. He's One day, I wish that like, he would just like write a book. He writes a book. They do a book about him in Japan. Okay. But if people in a, people here need to know more about this dude. Well, that's what I, that's why I'm asking you about him, right? Because I want to know so much more about him. When you were in Seattle with him, he gave you a bat humidor. Yes. Do you still have the bat humidor? Oh yeah, he signed it. He signed on and, top. You know, Morse, good good hitters, good hitters need box for bats. Bats sleep in box. Box treat bats good. You know, like. <laughs> Oh, man, like, Ichi, dude, you know, this is the coolest thing ever. That's amazing. Yeah. How old were you when you got that bat humidor? I was probably 26, 27. Okay. And then I got it, and I remember when I went, when I took it with me to Washington when I played with the Nationals, mm-hmm. I remember Harper was like, yo, what is that? I'm like, don't touch it. You know, <laughs> you know that's where my bat sleep. Ichiro gave it to me, you know? And we had a, we had a company that makes boxes actually try to replicate it. And a couple guys actually bought them, and and I think Harper has one, and uh, wow. maybe Jason Worth has one now and stuff. But it doesn't do exactly what this does. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing has like a whole humidor thing in it. With the where did Ichiro get it? Japan. He they did. have, a, yeah, they they use them in Japan okay. because of the humidity in Japan, and it's it's they're just super smart over there. They right. use these things. They're just better than yeah. us in every way. So right. so a lot of guys here use something like it just so that when you travel your bats don't get damaged. A okay. lot of times our bats get warped and bent on the planes because mm-hmm. of the weight. They, they throw bags on top of your bat bags mm-hmm. and they bend. So when they're in the box, you know, you're good. You can put all the weight on them, you're fine. So a lot of guys use it for that now. But um, the one that I had was a real deal Holyfield. That was, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about, a, I could put cigars in that thing <laughs> and, it, and it's keeping a good temperature. Yeah, wow. And you still have it? Yeah. Still has bats in it? Yeah, it does. I'm ready to go. If anyone wants to sign me right now, I, I got my humidor locked, ready to go. I got my spikes in the car. Did you feel cool walking into the Nationals clubhouse with it? Because it's such a unique piece. I felt cool walking in any clubhouse with it. Right. And I still, to this day, I when I or when I was just finally playing, I would when they're packing up all the bats and stuff, you see a bunch of bat bags with guys stuff, and all of a sudden you see, boom, my case. You know, it's like, That's yeah. Awesome. Why you? Why did he decide to give it to you? I think um, early on when I was with him in Seattle, we became mm-hmm. good friends, and uh, and he must have saw something with me. And I, I would always ask him questions. A lot of guys are kind of scared to come up to him and talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I would ask him a lot of questions about hitting and stuff. And a lot of people don't ask him. And to me, it's mind-boggling because this guy's such a great hitter. But he, the way he hits is you know a little opposite from how we hit here. Right. But I would always pick his head, pick his brain. He's such a great guy. He, he, he's such a great family guy and stuff. So, you know, we became good friends, and he gave me the humor. You know, another guy he, he gave one to last year was uh, D. Gordon. Oh, yeah? And D. went off and won a batting title, so, you know. Maybe it's the humidor. Oh, it's totally the humidor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to it. Put right. your bats in just, a humidor, just you're going to be a good hitter. Yeah. What, uh, when you went to his house, because we were talking earlier about how you went to Ichiro's house, when you walked in and saw the giant mural of Snoop Dogg on the wall, were you surprised, or were you just like, no, this is Ichiro? I, I wasn't at all. This guy is, like I said, he is... I mean, it's a black and white of Snoop Dogg in his house. Sick picture, too. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, you What's walk in... What's Snoop Dogg smoking? It, it's, it's just like, I, I can't really remember it. 
uh, fully, but I mean, come on, it's a huge picture of Snoop Dogg, right, right. like framed, awesome. And right. he, and in the first, like my he, husband's a hip hop DJ, and we don't even have that in our apartment, right? And I'm talking about this house is like beautiful. He had like a table that was a part of the Berlin Wall. He had like wow. a uh, a it looked like it looked like a. Leonidas's helmet from 300 on, on this mantle thing with like gashes in it and like real blood and stuff and like his house had like chairs that were 100 years old like he's very awesome mm -hmm. he, he seems like a historian like he's he like the do, yeah he's, he's like he's like the Japanese Dosekis guy like <laughs> no matter what you think he he's he's ahead of you can you think of one thing he said to you or a piece of advice that he gave you that will stick with you forever Something that either hitting wise or just career wise or in life. You know, he, when it comes to baseball, a lot of times we think that we need to play as a team and, and do things as a team and this and that. But I remember one time he was saying that if everybody on the team would play as good as they can individually, that'll make the team even that make the team even better. And a lot of times, and it, it sounds so simple, but a lot of times in baseball, we just think, okay, well, you know, you you want to play as a team, be as a team. But it, the what he was trying to say was today, you be as good as you can. You try to get four hits tonight. You try to make good defense. Play for yourself tonight, and you try to play for yourself tonight, and you try to play. And if everybody does good, then as a team, we're gonna win. Right. You know, and, and I thought that was pretty neat because sometimes we we stop thinking like that. Of course. I think that's a lot about the um, Japanese culture, that accountability is so important. Yes. And, you know, I'm sure he brought that over with him. And awesome that he passed it along to you. So I want to ask you about another one of your teammates, Jose Fernandez, when you were in Miami. Meant a lot to you. I know you guys were close. How is this team dealing with everything right now? What have you heard from what you're talking about with everyone? You know, it's such a tough time right now in Miami, in in Florida. Just the the, the Cuban population it, it, down there lost an ambassador, an ambassador to the way of coming over here from Cuba. His whole story, everything he's done for for baseball for Miami. Um, but as a team, I think this they're going through so much you know, pain right now and suffering, it's going to make these guys stronger. It's going to make, you know, Miami, a lot of teams have a core of players that stick around for a couple years. Mm -hmm. I think this right now ha is really bonding this team. And you're going to see a lot of these guys stick around there now for a while. I, I, I mean, that's what I think is going to come out of this. It's a devastating accident, devastating um an event that happened down there. But if you look at every Cuban person from here, from from Miami that that's known about him or didn't even know about him, right. they know him now. Right. And, and the stories are, are just amazing. So I had a similar situation. Unfortunately, I'm part of this awful club that no one wants to be part of. I had a brother pass away in an accident five years ago in a, in a very similar accident. And what ends up happening is if you have a community around you once the news dies down from everyone else, you know, being involved or hearing about it, once that dies down, people move on with their lives. If you have this community, they end up keeping people together. Mm -hmm. They end up checking in on people. They make sure that his grandmother and his mother are going to be okay, that his, uh, his girlfriend and, you know, his, um, his daughter or, or son, I believe it's his girl, his daughter, Penelope, yeah. Penelope will be, you know, okay. So you have these people that check in on him, and that is almost – I mean, it's, it goes without saying, but it's just so important to have this community of people around him. And not only will they have the Cuban community, but the Marlins family will now be, you know, there to be able to, to check in on the family. And all of that support, once other people forget about it, once we, you know, yeah. cycle through a new news cycle, all those people will be there left standing to be able to stand with that family and the people that Jose left behind. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm guessing that the Jose Fernandez Foundation is going to be um, – something huge in Miami now and who knows what's going to happen but like you said once it dies down a little bit it's still going to be there the candle's still going to be lit and and this is going to be something that in baseball is just going to you know this is going to be a story that I'm going to tell my daughter and she's going to tell her daughter for of sure of course yeah we'll we'll pass on the legacy of Jose Fernandez and the you know exuberance 
and the life that he had when he was on the mound. I mean, he just the joy is something that a lot of players don't really show that often. And he showed it in every situation, yeah. no matter what the case was. He showed it from when he would park his car and get out to when he got into his car that night. I mean, when you're talking about you know you're good, f flaunt it. Yeah. He flaunted it. Right. He knew he was good. He knew he had good stuff and that, hey, you can't knock him for that at all. Do you have one specific memory or – Something that you'll think back to with him? You know, my memories with him, my biggest memories is, uh, it's kind of weird because I, when I was flying in here yesterday, it just, it really hit me about being on the plane with him mm -hmm. and playing poker and all this stuff. And he would have such a good time. Even if we lost the series, he still was having such a fun time. Mm -hmm. And even if we got through some turbulence and stuff, he would be joking around. And, and a lot of guys on the plane hate flying. And he would still be joking around with them and having a blast. And, you know, I, that's the Jose I'm going to miss. Mm -hmm. Not really the baseball on the field. It's there. Everybody sees it. But it's the stuff off the field that really makes him who he was. I use a slogan a lot. Um, and I say that we live for the ones that are no longer here. Do you feel like all of the people that were touched by Jose will take a part of him and live for him in a, you know, an exuberant, joyous way? Definitely. I think definitely the Cuban population, the anybody down there that went to the game. You, what about you, since you were touched by him? You know, the biggest thing for me is that I think the way he played, mm -hmm. showing I mean, he wore his heart on his sleeve, right. just the way he played, that maybe that's what Bryce Harper was talking about. Mm -hmm. Make it fun again. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes we look at that way and we say, oh, man, this guy needs to calm down. Right. But you know what? No, he doesn't. This guy was this guy pitched so good, had so fun doing it. So does that mean make it fun again? I think we should all just, you know, sometimes when we're talking about guys hitting homers and they're pimping it a little bit, you know what? Who cares? Have fun. Thank the you. fan loves it. The so you're a fan of bat it. flips, dude. I'm a fan of doing the moonwalk at the plate. <laughs> well, that's what Jose Batista did the other night. Yeah. Never freaked down on him. The fact, a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to hit the ball. Yeah. Then to hit a home run is even harder. Do you think hitting a home run or even just putting the bat to the ball is the hardest thing to do in sports? 100%. 100%. I can hit a golf ball 300 yards. Um, you know, I can make a three-pointer. I can, I can make foul shots. Uh, I can kick a soccer ball into a goal. But I noticed he didn't say hockey though. That, that's hockey. The only one hey, I, I can hockey. I, 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 I can I hockey. Can, yeah, I can. I can hockey the puck. You know. <laughs> you sound like an NHL player. I can no, hockey. But but what I'm trying to say is, if you could take those guys and put them at the dish, can they hit a 96 mile an hour sinker? Right. Over the fence. It's tough. It, it's a game of skill. It's a game that you know not any, everybody can do, and you can practice, but you gotta have that skill. You, you're you're almost born with it. Could you have gone pro in any other sport? Well, in high school, I played football, quarterback, okay. but we never scored a point. And I, and Not I, one point? Yeah, we didn't really? score a point. We didn't get past the 50 till the last game. Oh, boy. And that was when I was out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, and, and, and I think I led the uh, – I might still have the record for most interceptions. But you know what? Mm. Um, I liked playing football. It was fun. I didn't have a good team. What can I say? You know? So I figured at that time, like, you know, I got to focus on baseball. Right. Would you have wanted to go pro in football? Yeah, I definitely would have. Um, did like a Bo Jackson thing would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would have yeah. been dope. That would be that would be uh, would that, you that would hurt. Like quarterback or nah, it would be different. I'd be like a tight end or something. I don't know. Maybe a maybe a punter. Who knows? A punter. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get hit one time, this is the thing about football is that you think you can play it, but once one of those guys trucks you over. Like, come on, dude. Time well, out. And you must have been hit a lot if you didn't get past the 50. Yeah, I didn't. I, I feel like that punter, though, could be even more dangerous if you don't want to get hit. Because, yeah, you're kicking the ball, but that one chance where that guy comes in, hits you low on the knee. But then you fake it. Oh, you know. Oh. Yeah, you flop around. You <laughs> flop around. And get your, they, you get the flag, yards. and everybody, you know, they pull you up. You're number one. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Do you have a football team you root for? Ah, uh, the... The old Dolphins. Oof. That's not, a that's not a football team. Yeah, it's tough. You know, like I was telling you before, it's kind of like watching a hamster in a wheel. You know, yeah. they just uh, – it's tough, man. Like, 
we we go into every season, you know, thinking that uh, it's gonna be the year. Well, this obviously isn't the year. No offense. Yeah, well, calm down. Three games. Calm down. I know, but come on. Last night they looked so bad, man. It was the full moon. Wait, just wait. Next week is the week. Okay. Starts. That's full moon mentality. Yeah. That's what we blame it on. Always next week. Mercury's in retrograde, right? That's what we blame it on. Our stadium's nice. We just redid it. Beautiful. You got to come. Oh, does that count in wins and losses? I mean, <laughs> are you guys about to have a moat around Jeez. your stadium? Dude, yes, the moat would be amazing. I'm a Redskins fan. I thought you hated the moat. Uh, no, I'm, I'm down on the moat oh, now. You're, you're a big moat fan? Yeah, yes. because yes. like um, Covey Cove, people can go out there and kayak and catch baseballs. Yeah, people so we're going to catch. What? Like a football. French fries? Yeah. When is a football ever going to make it all the way up and over? Yeah, someone's going to, well, maybe if you become a punter, you can punch it. Yeah, yeah. There you now go. you're talking. Yeah, there you go. Who's been your favorite manager to ever play for? Bruce Bochy. Because you gave him a big bear hug when you came back. Oh, I saw he's the that. best. He's a he's a big old bear. What makes but he's him a big so old awesome. happy bear. <laughs> he's such a good dude, man. He's such a great guy. Put it this way: if if I'm 0 for 15, okay, and I'm like, take my shoelaces and belt from me, like uh-huh. you know, I'm struggling. He's gonna come up to him and be like, hey, you know, Mike, uh, you know, you're gonna bat fourth tonight. You know, I feel like you're gonna, you know, break out of this. And you know, after the game, you know, I'm gonna put two beers in my office and we're gonna sit down there and drink them, no matter what you do, man. So you know, go out there and just, uh, you know, go have some fun. Wow. And you're just really? like, I'm the king of the world. Like you'll go, <laughs> you like he gets you so fired up, you know, and, and you just want to win for a coach like that. You know, I also had um when I was with the Nats, mm-hmm. I had Davey Johnson. Yeah. He's another one. He came in when uh I think it was uh uh our manager just got fired. He came in and he was like cool, calm, and collective. Like, you guys do your thing, you guys are good. I ain't messing with you. Right. But you know what? If something happens, Put 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 all the media to me. I'll take the blame. You know, mm-hmm. which is which is cool that you know managers. Some managers can do when their GMs and owners trust them. Right. Well, Davy Johnson was awesome. Davy Johnson. The, the the best part about him is that he would take a nap, and he would look like he would like sleep with like eyes open and like his mouth open and stuff. And we're like, oh my god, is 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 he breathing? Like, <laughs> you know, the game's in thirty minutes. Should we wake him up? Like, what's going on here? You know, but. Uh, Oh man, he was such a good dude, man. So the, I mean, I, I'm so fortunate to play with those two guys. Yeah. You know, I, I can't, I can't say anything else, man. Those guys are great. Who are you rooting for down the stretch? That well, you played for a team that you played for that you're rooting well, for. Well, I'm always, I'm always rooting for the Giants. I don't like what's been going on over there. Right. It's tough. It's gonna be tough. We all know that pitching in the postseason is where it's at. Mm-hmm. They have the pitching. I'm not worried about that. The the bullpen's a little shaky, but the guys have been there. This team is. They've been battle tested numerous times. So if they can just get in, I feel like right now they're like in a pool and they got like weights on their legs and they're just trying to stay afloat. Right, right. If they can get in, then watch out. Watch okay. out. Especially right. with Cueto. I like Cueto, man. Especially with Cueto. We know what Mad Bum's going to do. If they can, if their offense can just get like two or three runs, like just squeeze it out, the pitching is going to be there. Okay. The other team, the Cubs is is so cool. The, and they win the World Series, you the, say, right? Yeah, the Cubs are a no-brainer to to in the playoffs to root for. I think everybody, no matter what team you like, there's a piece of you that always want that is gonna want you to kind of vote for the Cubs to do well. I think me personally, they're gonna win the World Series because I don't see any holes on that team. Right. It, it's it's there's there's too much stuff there that it's gonna be tough to have a bad game. Speaking of the Giants offense, I wanna play a clip of the game seven RBI single that you hit to make the team go up 3-2. Uh, this is... This gives me goosebumps. It does? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yes. We're going to give them goosebumps. Uh, this is um, game seven, Giants-Royals, 2014. And it's this Spanish call from ESPN Deportes. That's why I love this. So I'm going to play this for you guys. Corre en tercera el Panda, que llegó con una tromba. Valioso avance de tercera. Y ahora un bate partido que pica de hit al jardín derecho en un globito. Viene la carrera. El valioso corrido del Panda en el pisa y corre anterior. Y ahora no se detiene Potro Loco. Entra Oki por la bola en el right field. Hasta tercera Pence. El tiro tarde. Todo mundo quieto. El estadio enmudece. Los gigantes retoman el comando. Está ganando San Francisco 3 por 2. Sí, bueno, aquí un picheo que se le puso a las manos y todo. Le rompe el bate. Pero con eso logra dirigir la pelota allí. Michael Morse. <laughs> yeah, man. 
I love that because you almost can't understand anything else no. he's saying, except I heard Panda, yeah. I heard Gigantes, yep. I heard San Francisco somewhere in there, but then Michael Morse, it was almost like an American stepped in and was just like <laughs> dubbed it over Michael Morse. an intern behind him. Yeah. This guy from Kansas. Yeah, say like, this guy's can you name. Say this guy's names real quick because we can't drop the accent. The, the, the question is, how many times did he have to say Morse that day to get it right? Like, Morris, Morse, Morse? It's Morse, you know? So that's so awesome. So, what does this play do for you? Oh, man, dude, it's just, there was so much leading up to that. They took out the pitcher and, and, and brought in this dude, and this guy's throwing 100 just to face me in this situation. It, it, it was just so much of a backstory going into that game, that series. It was just a lot. And, and to see that, I can I could watch that hit over and over and over, and it's almost like I'm there. Right. It's so cool. Awesome. You kind of transport back to it. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. It almost makes me like want to like drop the mic right now and be like, and then like go run to the Mets field right now, City Stadium, City Field, and like, guys, I'm ready. I can do this. I can do this. You know, like. It, so that must be hard though, because those emotions must stir, especially because you've been so successful at this point in seasons, yeah. right? This time of year. So do you start getting in your head like, hey man, I need to get out there. I need to get these, you know, these baseball jitters out of me. You know, this part of your career as a baseball player, as any sport player, it's going to come. Mm -hmm. No matter how old you are, no matter how good you are, like one day, I hate to say it, people, but like uh, Bryce Harper, he's going to have to retire. Right. Like, you know, Hopefully not Bryant, a Yankee. Oh my God. like these guys, Rizzo, they, they're going to have to retire one day. You right. know, it, it comes in your life and you always feel like you can do it. I always, you almost second guess yourself nonstop during the day at first. And it can drive you crazy, but you just have to be, you have to accept it. Like Big Poppy, mm -hmm. he's going to retire. He, he said it, like, I'm done. But the guy's having an amazing year. Phenomenal. Dumb year, right? Really incredible. He can make like $20 million next year. Absolutely. You know, a season. So he's going to be home and he's going to be, you know, daddy daycare, do his thing. Life is going to stop, slow down. Is he going to stop and be like, what am I doing? I should be playing. And he's going to watch the Red Sox. What if the Red Sox are struggling? What if they need another hitter, a lefty? Is he going to, like, come off the couch like Superman, like go in the phone booth and come out in his uniform? Like, <laughs> If he calls you, though, what advice would you give him on that? I would say uh, – Because you've been through it. You know, just remember why you're retiring. Because right. he's retiring for the same reason I kind of did. Yeah. Your body just can't do it no more. Right. It hurts. Right. So you got to remember that because when you're home, oh, dude, you're feeling great. You're doing backflips in the pool. Your 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 body feels good. But right. just remember, when you start playing, it's gonna hurt again, and you know that's that. I was talking to Curtis Granderson about potentially retiring, and he didn't put a, a limit on how many seasons he wanted to play for. But he did say, when I go out there and I feel like you know when I step in the clubhouse and I feel like I'm not excited the second I walk in because every day of my career I've stepped in the clubhouse and felt like wow I'm a little kid getting to play baseball this is fantastic when I don't have that feeling anymore that's when I'll know that it's it's over yeah that's great that's that's another that's another thing I think of once you lose the love and the passion for it mm -hmm. that's when you got to step down and there's a lot of guys that actually play without the passion anymore and right. they just play either it's because of money or they're under contract still and that i hate i hate seeing that right and and i, and I remember being a young player and, and there was a veteran guy that was kind of like that and i'm like dude like come on man like give me a chance who are you I'm talking about i can't i don't want to say bro okay, i don't want to say <laughs> but i'll tell you what I richie tried. sexton when he was when he was at the end of his career uh -huh. but again he wasn't doing that well mm -hmm. everything was you know it was kind of bad and he actually was telling me at the time, like, like, dude, like, I want you to play. I want you to play. I want you to play. Um, and I was like, yeah, but, you know, they're obviously paying you. I can't play. I want, you want me to go in the office and say, hey, uh, Richie don't want to play. I want to play. Right. No, it doesn't happen. But, right. I mean, it is what it is. We all get to a point of our career where, you know, we got to call it quits. We just got to be acceptable of what we're going to. Of course. Was it much easier to retire with a ring? It's got to be, right? Like, you got that ring in the safe at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit Hold easier on. to walk away. Unless, like, you didn't feel like there was unfinished business, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I, I would I would say it does help. Mm -hmm. It does help. Um, and the way I left with San Francisco, I love that place. And 
I just feel like I, I didn't want to go back and tarnish it at all by not playing as well as I did in the World Series. When you got your ring, though, your World Series ring, you were with the Marlins, right? And you yeah. guys came back to San Francisco to play, and they had the ring ceremony. So yeah. you were wearing a Marlins uniform. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. They, uh, they've they never done that before. They never really had ring ceremonies for anybody. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing about they wanted to do something before the game for me. So I told the guys on Marlins, we were having like a, a little tough time. And I said, hey, guys, everybody's going to be on the top step at 645. I got to show you something, you know? <laughs> You know, you're about to find out who I really am, you know? <laughs> so it was so cool because the whole team of the Giants came over and hugged me and stuff. And I was, te I teared up wow. for sure. I was, it was crazy. And I remember Hunter telling me like, hey, dude, like, come to our dugout. You know, <laughs> I, like, I can't, I got a Marlins jersey on. Oh you know? my God. Man, but I'll call you later, you know? <laughs> so it, it was, uh, it was tough, especially playing in that game. Mm -hmm. I had Buster right there. He's talking to me behind the dish. Madison's throwing. Me and him became really close. Um, and he's trying to throw as hard as he can. And, <laughs> and I knew it. You know? But it was just so many cool things happening. And, and I'll always have so many memories in San Francisco. Is there anyone that talked shit to you when you got on base that you knew as soon as you got there? Like some first baseman, you're just like, I I definitely want to hit a double because I don't want to stop at first. Miguel Cabrera. Really? Miguel Cabrera. What would he say? Oh, man. So I, I work out with him in the off season, mm -hmm. and we would uh, train and stuff. And, you know, in the off season, you're, you're hanging out, you're you're talking crap to each other and stuff. And uh, so during the season or really spring training, anytime I would get to first, it was like a nonstop, like – Oh, I'm such a bad hitter. <laughs> I can't run the bases. What the funniest thing that he did was this spring training. Mm -hmm. I was with the Pirates. They announced my name, now batting, uh, you know, Pirates first baseman Michael Morris. And before anything could happen, he yells out, "What out?" And I'm I'm leading off the <laughs> inning. And he yells out, what out? And he's pointing in the stands, and he's pointing over in the field. And it's like everybody's like, oh. And I go from, like, being ready to hit to, like, shrugging my shoulders. Oh, I'm God. looking at him like, really, dude? Like, come on. And actually, I got a hit. Oh, and I was, like, running around the base like, yeah! And I got a double. And I'm like, ah! And I, got, I pointed at him. I'm like, yeah! You know, I'm running a second. And he's like, he looks at me. He's like, bro, it's spring training. Oh, and I'm like, no! I'm like, at second base, all out of breath. I'm like, dang it, it is spring training. Like, Don't oh. let that bring you down. Yeah, yeah not at all. He called you out and you proved him. Miggy, like, like the best hitter in the universe is like, yeah. one out? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what a you know? jerk. You might as well hang it up. So I did, you know? So now I'm doing radio. Good for you. <laughs> hey, um, you hit your helmet when you go around the bases. Why? Yeah. I started doing that almost kind of like a, uh, I wanted to give myself the first uh, high five kind of thing. Almost like okay. I was so happy, so proud. Instead of doing like a fist bump, I was like, I wanted to feel it. Instead of pounding my chest, I, was, I boom, hit my helmet. You want to you give know? yourself a mild concussion? Yeah, just bah! You know, like, <laughs> you missed playing football like, just a little bit. Like right, right. Ogre-esque, ogre uh -huh. you know, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I kept doing it, and I, I did it so much that I didn't even realize I would do it. So that's kind of It just cool. became natural to you. Yeah, it was natural. That's dope. Hitting homers. Hitting homers yeah. and smashing yourself on the head. I like that. That's that the awesome? kind of guy you are. When you stepped into the batter's box, what song really pumped you up? You uh -huh. had a couple walk up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Take On Me? Take On Me. Can you sing us a little? Oh. Do you remember the song? Of course. Okay. Don't keep away. I don't know what, but you say I'll say it anyway. Today's oh, you're just not snapping. <laughs> Shy it away. I'm taking down notes. I'll be coming for your love. Okay. Take, take on me. me. You got it. Take on yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> take me up. Oh, Kyle. We got nothing. You suck. We got try, I'm trying to get him to sing, and he, he can't give me nothing. I haven't had enough in me yet. Hey, yeah. hey man. This isn't a booze club, okay? Yeah, I know. This is a podcast. What kind of podcast are we running here? Yeah, calm down. It's a karaoke podcast, uh, apparently. We're switching it up. Uh, are you on Twitter? I was, got off it because it was taking up way too much of my time. What happened? 0 for 4, go into the clubhouse. What's the first thing you do? You look at your phone. I mean, and then all of a sudden you turn on your Twitter and it's like, guys, are like, I'm going to kill you. You stink. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't want to see that. So You're I was like, like F you know off. Yeah, I was like, right. you know what? I got to get off this thing. Okay. Know, so. 
And then uh, the Twitter accounts that, you know, still rep you out there, Morse Beard and right. Morse Fans. Sick. Perfect. Do you know these accounts? Have you I, I remember, interacted I remember with them I remember when I had my Twitter, like, I remember Morse Beard and stuff. Morse Beard is, like, going strong. Sick. Yeah, Beard. My Beard has Twitter. What would you say? Yeah, he's still he's still good. He still tweets on it. He's he's still feeling the yeah. beard. Yeah, you're still tweeting on the yeah yeah. You're still, okay, you're still tweeting. Just checking in on that. Uh, who's TK Morse? My brother. And what's your relationship with your brother like? It's good. He he's older. Um, he because uh, he seems like he's one of your biggest he's a big, fans. Yeah, he he he's he's a good dude, man. He's a, he's a good guy. He's always helped me. Anytime I needed somebody to talk to about anything, whether it was baseball or like even writing a speech or something or if i have to do something even for tv and stuff i can say hey tk you know what's going on with the the, the phillies mm -hmm. you know he he follows everything because obviously because his brother plays baseball mm -hmm. but he, he he's a good dude man and he's he's really good actually i used to take his work when i was in school and copy it because he was a couple grades older than me uh -huh. so i would always take his like projects and stuff and actually just scrub out his name and put my name and turn him in and the teacher would never know didn't know, especially our architecture class. My brother was like a big time architecture student in, in high school. Uh -huh. And so I started taking it as a freshman. And next thing you know, like he saved all his like super work. Like he he did like a golf course and all this stuff. So like I used to use it. And so the wait, teacher, wait, the teacher's probably thinking that you're some genius. Enough. This teacher, like, come on. Like I've, I, I never did anything in the class, <laughs> but I would come with these huge projects and the teacher's like, oh my gosh, Mike, you did a great job. I'm like, yeah, you know, my brother did it, and he turned it into you three years ago. And they just didn't remember. That's Zero. amazing. I'm a little blown away that he had an architecture class in high school. I don't remember having that. We have much. a weightlifting, architecture, what? peer counseling, and a baseball class. What kind of a high school did you go to? Nova Center for Applied Research and Professional Development. What? What? Yeah. What was a your mascot? A titan. The titans. The All titans, right. yeah. Uh, and so you guys, uh, this is applied... So it was like a different high school. It was like a, a public school. Okay. Where they, they just kept changing the name, like try to make it like serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a Nova. What were you like in high school? Were you a class clown? No, man. I was oh, like come the on. I feel like you don't. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. High school to me, I don't like talking about it because it's so bad. I, I, I didn't. I was. I wasn't a good kid that I should have been. That you know, you, I don't want to tell people like, you know. Breeze through high school because you're a good baseball player and then you'll be fine. Right. No, the way I did it was stupid. It was either, basically in my life, I was either going to play baseball professionally or I was going to work at Burger King. That's, that's how it was. Right. It, it, so I kind of leaned towards baseball. And I think when I was in high school, they kind of started to see that I was pretty good. So I kind of got a little help, mm -hmm. which I definitely needed. Did you ever beat kids up? No, no oh, bully. No okay, bully. good. No bully, but Just my, my best friend was. No. Oh yeah, Brian <laughs> Brian Bobo DeCobo. <laughs> He's a lawyer now, big time lawyer. But, Representing people like him. Oh dude, this guy is the greatest guy ever. But in high school, you didn't want to mess with him. Who did he beat up? He was also my fullback. <laughs> so when we would play football, I would always put him in. He would always run in front of me and be like my like last line of defense. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, Bobo, Do you guys still? In, are you guys still? Yeah, in we were like best friends. He's good. And who did? So who did he beat up? Like, was he stuffing well, kids in lockers? It was more. No, nah, it was more of like, uh, he just he ran the school. Like, if 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 you're his friend mm -hmm. and somebody has a problem with you, mm -hmm. you relax. Because right. Bobo's so you didn't have it. to beat anyone up because he took no, care of it. Yeah, true. But I wasn't. I wasn't a kind of. You were a fighter. That, yeah. I was, I, I, yeah. I was. I was. I was. Uh, I was a good kid, man. I was. I was all about baseball. Okay. Good parents. Great parents. Jamaican. Yeah. Mom's Jamaican. Wow. Did you grow up in Jamaica? I was raised in Jamaica. I was born here in the states. Okay. Uh, what was Jamaica like? Uh, like an island. <laughs> <laughs> What a jerk. He yeah. got me, though. He got me, though. Hey That's a good one. Hey like an island. I have a question. Favorite thing to eat when you were in Jamaica? And are you slash were you a stoner? Yeah. No. No stoner. Um, favorite thing to eat in Jamaica would be my oxtail or my curry goat. Um, I like bami. Um, Jamaican uh, ackee and saltfish is a, is a good dish for, for breakfast. Dope. I love stew peas. I could eat it. Stew peas, man. Yeah. Love it. Have that with some 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 stew peas, some rice and beans, and some plantains. Yeah. That's awesome.
we see, were see, uh, see my Jamaican voice. I, I like get, it. I gotta get a, a little softer. Right, because they're a chill yeah, people. brother. I was in Jamaica with Sean Paul. Yeah, and he is like the king of Jamaica. Oh my goodness. So so it's a weird. This is weird. But Sean Paul somehow. I mean, I don't even know if you call it related, but Sean Paul's like dad is the uh, father of my long my cousins from another mother and a brother and this and that and that and that so like somehow like yo me and sean paul we're like tight that's awesome. but i've never met him but we're like cool like that you're related somehow yeah yeah so one day you'll meet he him. knows it. it's a good dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> michael we end every podcast with an embarrassing story it could be something from high school something from college something from your career something completely off the wall but something where you were super embarrassed that you got caught and you were just completely mortified. Hmm. I remember in high school that like uh I I had I would wear shirts like Tommy Hilfiger was like in back in the in, in the day, uh-huh. you know? And my mom would get me like the cheap brand like Joey Hilfiger, you know? <laughs> so like at my school all the kids got the Tommy shirts on and stuff and then like my shirts was like instead of the t it was kind of like a little j like a little fish hook kind of thing <laughs> and i remember one of the first days of school walking in being oh everybody coming around and all of a sudden somebody's like yo what kind of shirt is that and i was like oh like tommy hilfiger you know, so, you know, that's cool I, I gotta go to class I'm like no wait a minute and it's like they pop the tag and you're like there's no tag the tag's missing oh you know God. and they're like yo that's not tommy that's a fake and it's like everybody's like oh he's got a fake shirt on it's like but I, you know, at a time, at a kid, you're, you're, it's devastating. And the whole school is looking yeah, at you. Yeah, the no, whole school's you laughing know, at you. You know, you, you do that, you do that now, and you're like, good. I like that he called you out though, because he, he humbled you. Yeah, but now those and same gave guys, you an embarrassing. But story. check this out, those same people. Yeah. Came to a house party I had like two years ago. I had like a, a New Year's Eve party, which it was like 200 people there. Wow. And, and I only invited 50. I invited. 30 to 40 people, but then it got spread around on social media. It became this massive, huge party, and it was like, I kind of had a little little minute there. I was like, yeah, everybody's at my house. I'm the cool yeah, kid I'm now. I'm the cool kid now, and look at you guys. You guys are still wearing those Tommy shirts from back in the day. <laughs> you know, I moved on. I got polo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Not Versace, though. We're not there yet. Nah, dude, I, that, ain't, that ain't me. That ain't me. All right. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Kyle, thank you. Studio crew, thank you guys so much for helping us out with the podcast. Good luck with everything. Thank you. And uh, congrats with all of your success in your career. Yeah, thank you. And let's go get a snack.